0: One of my favorite stories that I've probably told you before is about a Protestant minister who went to a local barbershop to get a haircut. And after he got his haircut and got his billfold out to pay the barber, the barber said, Oh, no, Pastor, you're a man of God. I would not charge you. Well, the Protestant minister profusely thanked the barber for his generosity. And so went about his way, and the next morning, when the barber came to open up his shop, there was a dozen donuts there on his doorstep with a note from the pastor thanking him for the free haircut. Well, so that day, a Jewish rabbi came in to get a haircut. And again, after he got his haircut, the barber refused to charge him anything, so the rabbi thanked him profusely. And then the next day, when the barber comes to his shop, on the doorstep there, There's another dozen donuts with a note thanking him for the haircut. Well, during that day, a Catholic priest came in to get his haircut. And after getting the haircut, again, the barber refused to charge him. And so the priest thanked him profusely. And so the next morning, when the barber came to his shop, there on his doorstep, he found a dozen priests. I think you're laughing a little too hard at that. (laughs) Of course, we all like free stuff. In the gospel passage from John that we just heard, the crowds were looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the Sea of Galilee, Jesus forthrightly tells them he knows why they're really looking for him. It's not because of him or the message he has to offer, but they're looking for more free food more of the loaves and fishes he had provided them. The story that we read in last Sunday's Gospel from John. Certainly, free anything attracts us, but free food is especially hard to resist. I noticed many people walking Main Street yesterday on the Taste of Columbia Day, enjoying the free food that many of the merchants were providing. Indeed, Jesus does come to feed us, but not just to satisfy our physical hunger but more importantly, to satisfy our spiritual hunger and to quench our spiritual thirst. This is why he told the crowds and us that he is the bread of life and that whoever partakes of this bread will never hunger or thirst. Certainly, today's gospel passage in John is filled with Eucharistic overtones, reminding us that the greatest gift Jesus offers us Is fullness of life, both in the here and now and in the hereafter, as we partake each Sunday of the food and drink of eternal life. But we live in a culture where I think too many people are looking in all the wrong places for happiness and fulfillment. People tend to think that if they have more and more material things and more and more money, power, pleasure, and fame, they will be satisfied. But seeking these things will never bring the satisfaction and fulfillment that people may be seeking. Only Jesus, the bread of life, can do that. It seems seems like as fewer and fewer people go to church on Sunday to receive this bread of life, and people seem to have more and more, but yet more and more people seem to be fighting depression, addiction, substance abuse, and all kinds of emotional turmoil. We must seek to satisfy our spiritual hunger with the things that will last. When we seek to satisfy our spiritual hunger with all the wrong things, it's like a thirsty person drinking salt water to quench their thirst. The more they drink, the more they thirst. Yes, as the book of Genesis reminded us today God fed the complaining Israelites in the desert with manna from heaven. But Jesus is making it clear to us today that there is a greater than Moses here. And so today's readings challenge us to ask ourselves if we are truly seeking the one who is the bread of life or if we are seeking something or someone else. Who is our bread of life? If it's not Jesus, then we're heading down a road to nowhere. In the words of St. Paul today in his letter to the Ephesians, let us put away the old self of our former way of life, corrupted through deceitful desires, and put on the new self, the way of God's righteousness and holiness. This is the true prosperity gospel which brings us not just the temporary wealth of material things, but a spiritual wealth that lasts forever. Let us seek those things that do not moth or corrode. Let us invest in the things that last, storing out for ourselves a spiritual treasure that can be ours for all eternity. When we do this, then we will truly taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And we will come to more fully believe that God is good all the time.